The following is a presentation of Embassy Media and Marshall Davis Ministries. Good evening. Happy Friday evening. Welcome to Financial Fridays. I'm your host, Elder Alonzo Hinton. As always, Financial Fridays is brought to you by Marshall Davis Ministries. Thank you for joining us. We're going to Christina on life assurance awareness. Uh, life assurance awareness is for the month of September. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We have a special guest, Dana Johnson from Farmers Insurance. But before we get to him, we're going to talk about six stages that, excuse me, that trigger the need for life insurance. Six stages that trigger the need for life insurance. And those stages are married or getting married. So if you're married, or getting married, you need to consider the need for life insurance. If you're already a parent or you're about to become one, if you're a homeowner, if you're changing jobs, and the reason for that, because a lot of times people own the only insurance policy they have is the one through their jobs. And then if you're retired or planning for retirement, or even if you're single, and we talked about that last week, uh, because you never know we just don't want to think about life insurance in terms of burial, but also the opportunity to use as you know, some type of cash equivalent, uh, something you can use to open a business uh, and something you can use to take care of, as we mentioned, your debts if something happens. OK, so I'm excited about this next guest, Dana Johnson from Farmers Insurance. Can you hear me? Yes. Can yes, you hear me? Yes, sir. How you doing, sir? I am fantastic. How about yourself? All right. Long time no see. You looking good. It has been a while. Life is good. I have no yes, complaints. Sir. So you're out in San Diego, right? I am in San Diego, California. My office is actually in Chula Vista, which is a right. small suburb just south of the city. Okay. So just tell us about your background. We know you grew up in Chicago, right? Yes. Where you grew up. Um, went to school major influences things like that let's just because you haven't been on financial fridays before so right. a lot of people don't know you so just tell us about yourself uh born and raised in chicago um i went to de la salle high school oh no um, you went to mount yeah. Park, right? oh i'm sorry to hear that <laughs> uh, <laughs> went to de la salle high school and from there i went to aurora university in aurora illinois okay. my degree is in computer science and business Okay. Um, I started out doing IT work for a little small accounting firm called Arthur Anderson. Okay. And then uh, I got into the insurance business because one of my cousins actually was an Allstate agent. Okay. And um, he was living an amazing lifestyle. And him and I talked and um, we talked about the business. We talked about a lot of the major players in the insurance business and he advised me to look at the major companies state farm Allstate. you know in the, in, in the midwest you got american family and farmers and when i looked at each company's business model the farmers insurance business model fit better for what it is that i wanted to accomplish and what's that um so their business model is i'm an independent contractor with farmers insurance so i have a 1099 arrangement with farmers and I am semi-exclusive, which means that if there's any type of business that farmers doesn't offer a product or solution for, 
I get to take my exclusive hat off and then I get to become a broker, which allows me to shop that particular risk out to a variety of general agents to put the put my customers in the best situation possible. So that felt a lot better for me. And then um, the other part is I'm a registered rep, which means I have my series six and 63 license. And that allows me to do retirement and financial planning for my customers, 401k rollovers, Roth IRAs, um, some things that I know you've talked about in, in other sessions. Yeah. And, um, and that's something that's a, a differentiator between me and a lot of the other insurance agents in the marketplace because some companies don't require it. It is a competitive advantage for us in terms of um, creating um, uh, retention for the agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's another. And then with farmers, we have the opportunity to work with 13 different fund companies in order to place business from a financial standpoint, whereas if you look at some of our competitors, they don't have the depth and breadth of uh, product and service offerings that we do. So how do those things, those offerings help your customers? It gives them choices. Um, It gives them choices. It it causes me, which is a good thing to really look at what it is. I have to be a consultant with them and have to look at what is it that they want to accomplish with those dollars. Um, do they want to be conservative or they want to be aggressive? What type of returns do they want to have? Mm-hmm. And so I have to take all of the you know, information that I gather during those finding sessions and look at the different companies that we ha- that would I have relationships with and see which one is a better fit for them. So it's not it's not a cookie cutter scenario. And um, it, it, um, it allows me to tailor their product and their solution to what their needs are. And I think that's just a better fit for each of the because everybody's different. You know right. what it is that you need at your age is completely different than, you know, Pastor Sean or, you know, the customer that may have just come through the door. And so I, I, I like being able to massage, you know, the solution to fit whatever the customer's needs and wants are. Fantastic. Sounds great. So when you started uh, selling insurance, doing insurance, you were in Chicago, right? I was in Chicago. I owned an agency in Chicago. Okay. Um, I sold that agency and I had an opportunity um, to work for a district manager with farmers. And so I sold that agency, packed up everything, moved to Madison, Wisconsin. And while in Madison, I was responsible for recruiting and training new agents that came on board. And I did that for about four years, moved back to Chicago. Farmers opened up a what we called a uh, business development center, which is like a district recruiting and training office on steroids. Uh, So we opened up one in Schaumburg and in that location, I was a senior trainer. Okay. Um, And so still training new agents on how to make the business work. Um, in farmer's culture, we have this uh, proverbial tap on the shoulder. So I got the tap on the shoulder to come to California to work on a special project. And it was December and I never left. Right. Um, How long has that been? That has been since it's been 10 years. It's been okay. 10 years. It'll be 11 years in February. So since I've been here, I uh, was re- I was a part of the eastern expansion market for farmers. So We were opening up locations in Georgia, Maryland, Virginia, um, along the East Coast. And so I was responsible for building out the training for each of those locations based on what those states insurance laws were. 
Okay. So that was my job for a few years. And then I took over the recruiting and training center we had in Riverside, California. Um, we shut that office down. I became a district manager. And so I had 45 agents that were we recruited, trained and sales managed and performance managed. Um, did that for a few years and then an opportunity to purchase an agency in San Diego became available and I jumped on it. Okay. And, it's, and it's, so I've been, it'll be four years in February with this particular opportunity. And it's, you know, it's, it's one thing when you're teaching and coaching and training people on how to do a particular business. And it's, 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 it's beautiful when you actually get to implement and execute the things that you've been teaching and training and coaching people. Um, and so a lot of the successes that we have when I'm working even still with new agents that, you know, I, I'm, 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 I have an opportunity to talk and coach with. I'm just doing everything that I taught other agents to do. And it's been working for us. Fantastic. So you talked about all you sound very qualified. Uh, you sound like you've been very successful in what you've done. Yes. So aside from your experience, your licensing, all those different things, how do you connect with your customers and how do you serve? What's the importance to you of service as far as dealing with your customers? Well, the biggest thing, the biggest connector for me is the educational approach. And okay. I say that because of the community where my agency is located. Um, it's, it's a culturally diverse community. And again, when we talk about differentiators, there's a million insurance companies in the marketplace. There's, you know, and people have grown to the place where we, we treat insurance like it's a commodity. And so everybody's price sensitive and everybody has a window in which they want to, you know, they can afford or want to afford paying for insurance. But most people, if you ask them, what does your insurance cover? What does it protect? They have no idea. And so when I meet people through networking events, being out and about wearing farmers apparel, um, getting referred from, you know, friends and family and just colleagues, I, I find out what was it? What was the driving factor for them in making their insurance purchases and what makes them choose the agent that they chose? And so through a series of asking questions, I usually get enough information to find out what their triggers are, what's motivating them, what are they buying? you know, signals. And then my conversation is is wrapped around those particular things that they said were important to them because everything else, it doesn't matter. And then I'm educating them on why the why these coverages, what they mean and how it benefits you and your family. And once I've had the opportunity to do that, closing the deal, closing the sale, it's, it's, it's usually a layup at that point. OK, great. Fantastic. So. One of the things we've talked about on Financial Fridays is insurance as a wealth building mechanism. Can you do is that something you talk about when you sit down and talk to your new customers? And how important is it that people understand that that mechanism is available to them? Ask the question one more time. So, insurance is a what? As a wealth building mechanism. So yeah. leaving money to your children, using it to pay for college, th th different things like that. Right. So in in our community and, 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 you know, middle-class American community in it is insurance is one of the major forms of transferring wealth 
um, in our in our communities in middle class America. And it's unfortunate that so many don't have it, mm -hmm. but it is a tool that can be used, especially if the program is structured correctly. Um, then it is a tool that can be used to, you know, set your family up. And and so when I'm talking to customers, the one of the first questions I ask them is, how do you save money today? Right. How do you save money? Because that's going to tell me the type of customer I'm dealing with. If they say I don't save money, then I, I know, okay, then this is a person that I need to have more of an entry level conversation with. If it's a person that says, you know, I, I save it at the bank or I, I have a, you know, a 401k at work or I have a Roth IRA or I have a traditional IRA, then that lets me know I have a foundation of which I can, you know, kind of cater some conversations to that may be a little bit higher level. Um, and then it's, you know, what do you want to do with the money? Um, mm -hmm. And so we have some some tools that we use that help us um, help me understand, you know, fact finding and help me understand, just kind of get a, a really good picture of what their current financial situation is. Mm -hmm. And so based on, you know, how much debt do they have? You know, who's the primary breadwinner in the house? What type of, you know, is there a mortgage? Is there education expenses? Um, and then, you know, those sorts of things tell me what they, you know, what some of their main, you know, levers are inside of what their home. And then it's like, you know, the biggest thing is, well, you know, let's let's get a premium commitment. Like how much money can you set aside towards achieving whatever those goals are? Because I can put together the most dynamic program. But if they only have five hundred dollars or one hundred dollars that they can contribute towards it, it was it was just a waste of time. And so what their goals are and how much can they put aside? Are they willing to put aside? Those are some of the big things that help me to, you know, put a plan in place that's going to fit whatever their needs are. But it's, you know, somebody who uh, fortunately and unfortunately has experienced a lot of loss of loved ones within the last uh, 10 years. If you don't have life insurance, it can be a financial catastrophe for right. you and your family outside of the fact that you lost your loved one. And so it like you like you uh, opened up the question. It is a tool that can give your family an opportunity to take a deep breath. But it's also a tool that, you know, if we're talking about paying off the house, if we're talking about providing for the kids to go to college or the surviving spouse to be able to retool themselves so that they can get a better education or finish their grad degree or undergrad, then they can put themselves in a position that they can continue to provide for the family at a level that they want to. Fantastic. So what do you say? Cause I know you meet all different types of people. Yes. What do you say to a person that says, okay, Dana, I know it sounds good. It sounds great, but I don't think I can afford assurance right now. How does the conversation keep going after you're told that? So when they tell me they can't afford the life insurance product right now, well, typically I don't get that question because I'm, I, I've disciplined myself to find out in the fact finding, give me a dollar amount to work with. Okay. So I'm finding out, you know, based on the amount of loans and income that they need to sustain themselves, are they planning on providing for their kids education and what amount my next question before i do anything is give me a dollar figure 
Do you want me to work with 100? Do you want me to work with 50 bucks? Do you want me to work with 500 bucks? And so that question is what ties a bow around the entire conversation so that I don't get that, you know, I can't afford it. And then the other thing is that I do that I do is I put together a good, better, best scenario. Um, mm-hmm. And so if you tell me you got a hundred bucks, I'm going to say, okay, uh, here's a program that goes up to that hundred dollars. And this is what you can get. Here's a program that if we spend 50 bucks, this is what you can get. Here's a program that if we spend, if you invest 75 bucks, this is what you can get. And so people like choices. And right. so, Another, you know, sales technique is I hate yes or no question uh, answers. Right. And so I try to make sure that I'm phrasing my questions so that I don't get a yes or no answer. Questions you know, right. I, I ask open ended questions. And then, you know, um, you know, and it's funny because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pulling the, the curtain up. But it, it's one of those things where I, instead of asking, you know, how do you feel about this? You know, my close is between these two programs, which one best fits you and your family's needs? Right. Fantastic. So Pastor Sean is telling us we have a question. Pastor Sean, what's the question we have? So some LQ Jacobs is asking. Could you recommend a term or whole life insurance policy for someone at the age of 48? Could I? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, my follow-up questions would be, you know, how much insurance do you currently have in place? My follow-up question, my next follow-up question would be, you know, what types of things are you doing on your job right now in terms of, you know, planning for retirement or does your job offer life insurance? And then, cause sometimes people already have life insurance and because life insurance is an emotional sale. You don't want to make people feel like they made a bad decision because they bought a policy five years or 10 years or 20 years ago. It's like, okay, you have this good job. It's a great product. Now your needs have changed because you're 10 years older. How can we add to this? How can we round it out? How can we fill in some of the gaps that the current policy that you have um, doesn't offer? And so that's part of it. The second part is, since she asked about term insurance versus whole life insurance, you know, it's, it's, I I try to paint a picture. Term insurance is like renting an apartment, right? You know, and it is something that is used for short term needs. Whereas I don't call it whole whole life insurance because there's different types of permanent insurance. So I call it permanent insurance and then permanent insurance is like buying a house. And so when you look at, Both of them have value. Both of them are tools that you can use and should use inside of, you know, your family's financial plan. But it's, you know, we need to talk about which one is going to get you closer to, you know, what you want to accomplish. If money becomes the ultimate issue, because as we age, the cost of insurance gets it increases. Sometimes it's a situation where let's put you in a program that you can afford because I hate going through all of the work, you going through the medical background check, and then three months later, something happens, you know, and it's like, I can't afford it. So let's put it, let's put you in something that if the world flips upside down like it did last year, you know, your life insurance is going to be the last thing that you cancel. Right, exactly. Exactly. So that, those are the things that I, I, I talk about with people and making sure that it's the right 
the right plan for them. Fantastic. It looks like we have another question. So Yolanda Steeps, I think that's how you pronounce it. Please explain the difference between term and whole life insurance. That's a great question. So term insurance is a temporary insurance. It's like I, I, I previously mentioned, it's like renting an apartment. You with term insurance, you sign a contract between you and the insurance company in increments of 10 years, 20 years and 30 years. And based on that contract, you agree on a premium based on your medical background, your age, driving record, all of those various factors. And that premium is locked in for that contracted period of time. Um, and, and there's the only benefit is that if something happens to you, your beneficiaries get paid out, whatever that dollar amount is. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes people will get term insurance because, um, you know, they have a, a mortgage on their home. They may have a 15 year mortgage or 20 year mortgage. And so we will mirror that term insurance contract to whatever that obligation is. Right. Um, and then let's say if I'm talking to a business owner and they have business partners and they take out a note on their business, then we mirror the, the contract to how, whatever the terms are for that, that note that they have so that it gets paid out if one of the partners passes away. That's an example of what, to me, what term insurance offers and what it does. Permanent insurance is, you know, like you talked about, it's a, it's a wealth building tool because a lot of your, your permanent products have savings accounts attached to them. Right. And so the differentiator between the different types of permanent insurance is based on your ability to accept risk and how fast you want that cash value to accumulate. Right. Just like you purchase a home, you have a, you know, your job is you, you're buying the house, your house will accumulate equity. That's what that cash value accumulation account does. Over time, you're paying your premium, a percentage of that premium goes into this cash value accumulation account. If you're conservative, you get a guaranteed rate. If you're kind of moderate, then you can do some things that mirror the stock market. If you're aggressive, then we can put you in a product that's going to get you uh, some better returns. And that's when your licensing comes in because everybody can't sell those. Absolutely. Of that's where being a registered rep comes in because it allows me to move into some places that a, a traditional insurance agent that doesn't have their securities licenses can't offer those products. Fantastic. So is term a cheaper product? It is in a lot of cases. If we're looking at a short term solution, it is a lot more cost effective. Absolutely. One of the things that you know I would advise anybody is whatever term contract that you get, you want to make sure that it has a conversion component rider inside of it it's kind of like renting to own a house okay so okay. you have a contract it's a term contract and then you know let's just say eight years from now your financial situation gets better um and then you can convert that product into a permanent product and that allows you to you know keep the same medical underwriting that you had when you originally got it the only thing that changes the premium is your age and so you don't have to medically requalify once you you know get to a place where you're ready to convert it. But in most cases, if we're looking at if from a short term view, that term insurance product is a lot more cost effective for a lot of families. Fantastic. So 
we talked about a lot of a lot of LQ Jacob said that was a great explanation. So we Thank talked you. about a lot of different things tonight. What is it? What's the biggest misconception that people have about life insurance? Uh, it's so funny. Uh, we just had a client in the, uh, they were switching their policies over from another carrier. And uh, one of my associates, she asked about life insurance and he said, oh, I got it at work. Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest and the thing that we hear um, the most often when we're talking to people about life insurance. Um, so that's that's a big one. And the thing about that is, you know, your job, they hold the keys. If you do that, then they're the ones who are dictating what happens to your family. Exactly. And if, you know, if we look at the climate that we've been in over the last, you know, year and a half, two years, and when businesses, when money gets tight and the ec- economy changes, they look for ways to cut costs. Insurance benefits are a an expense. And so my question to them is, do you want your boss or the business or company that you work for to be the ones to control what happens to your family if something happens to you? Yes, financially, we can't compete on a cost per thousand dollars of insurance for what your company can offer you. Keep that, get as much as you can because it's pennies on the dollar. However, if they cut the benefits, then what do you do? Exactly. Exactly. What happens to your family when they cut the benefits or if they cut the benefits? When you retire, what happens then? In a lot of cases, you can't take that life insurance policy with you. So you either going to die on the job or you're going to have some conversations prior to where you're going to say, let's put something in place so that at least I can pay the mortgage off. My spouse needs 10 years of my income. We can put something in place that'll, you know, replace your income for 10 years. Or, you know, I want to make sure the kids go to college so we can make sure that this will cover your children, you know, going to college and pay those college expenses until their age 25 or whatever, you know, however long it takes them to get to college. And so um, that's the biggest one that that I see is is people feeling overly confident that um, what benefits their employer is giving them, you know, they they relax in that a lot too uh, more more than they should. Right. So a couple of more questions. So one of the things, once again, we talk about on Financial Friday is the important, uh, importance of getting an insurance policy as young as possible. Absolutely. As, as you mentioned, uh, it's the health factor. And once you get that insurance policy and you have that uh, that exam or whatever they have, that kind of, if you have to have an exam at a certain age, I know I just bought an insurance policy a year ago at the age of 50 and they was telling me all types of stuff. Like, wow. <laughs> right. About what you do specifically, or do you do anything to market to younger people to say, hey, come in here and let's talk about this? Because it not only it's not only cost effective, but the different options you have, which we already kind of talked about. But do you have anything specifically to market to people in their 20s, uh, early 20s, late 20s? Um, so I'm I'm a nerd when it comes to sales and business. And so I've I've read a ton of, you know, sales, business and marketing books. And so the psychology behind people is, you know, 
again, I'm, I'm pulling the curtain back, but you have to use the things that drive and motivate people um, to get them to, to make a decision. So typically people in their 20s, they're, they're motivated, they're greedy. Yes. Right. And so to talk about mortality doesn't do anything to them. Right. And so I would not present to someone in their 20s. Oh, this is life insurance. It's going to you know, make sure that your family doesn't have, you know, they have, there's money to, right. to, to bury you. They don't care about that because they, they think they're that. invincible. Yes. Exactly. But if in conversation, I find out that they, um, you know, they, 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 they started an, a Robin Hood account because, you know, over the last two years or whatever, then that tells me that they have some interest in the stock market. So then my conversation with them evolve or revolves around what type of returns are they getting in the stock market on their Robin Hood account? If there is a way to guarantee them a certain level of return and minimize their risk, um, you know, based on contributing to their their. Um, you know, life insurance plan. And then again, it's, it's really asking a lot of questions. So if I find out that someone in their family, you know, has some health issues, mm-hmm. what's the likelihood, you know, my, my mother died of cancer my father died of cancer. What's the likelihood that I may get cancer if I continue a lifestyle that, you know, may contribute to that. So that would be something if I were in my twenties that I would think about. And right. so then my question is not about, how do we give you money to pay for your funeral? But my question is, how do we protect your health? Right. And so now I'm changing the language to speak to them in a way that is something that is, you know, they can drop, they can connect the dots to, but they don't, they're not thinking about somebody dying or them dying. So it's like they're greedy. So how can I put a plan in place that's going to cause those, the savings function of a, a permanent policy to grow exponentially? So I'm going to make it real sexy for them, you know, and it's going to be realistic, but it's going to be real sexy for them. And it's going to be something that, you know, when you get ready to buy a house, you can pull money down. If and or when you get married, you can pull some money down. If you have kids, here's an opportunity. When you get ready to buy a new car, here's an opportunity for you to pull some money down. And these are the returns you're going to get. And they're going to be a lot greater than what you would get at the bank, what you would get at your credit union. Um, and, and, and so that tends to appeal to younger people a whole lot more. Fantastic. Last question. If you had, I asked everybody this, their first time on financial Fridays. So if you had an extra $100,000 in your work budget. In my work budget. Yes. It's it's specifically for your job. However, farmers insurance does it. How would you spend it and why? If I had an extra $100,000, I would hire two more people. Okay. You have that much business going on? What'd you say? I said, you got you flowing with the business like that? (laughs) I would hire two more people and they would be marketers. Okay. And and their job would be to, so, you know, one of the levers that drives business is we purchase leads from the internet. And so I would hire, I would buy more leads. And I would hire two marketers and their job would solely be to just pound the phones to follow up with the leads. And, and we would create a system that would get us to a place where I'm, I'm generating more revenue from 
and a greater return from the leads that I'm purchasing. So um, that that would be what I would do if I had an extra hundred thousand dollars, buy more leads and I would hire two more staff people. So invest, essentially invest it back in the business. I would invest it back in the business. Absolutely. Right. The, the, the mentors that I have in this business and uh, it's it's staffing. That's really the key to making this thing work is hiring staff. That's something that I believe in and I implement in my own business. When I was a district manager, you got to have staff. When I was a recruiter, you got to have staff. Otherwise, you will you can't do this by yourself. And let if you're trying to play on a small level, you can. But if you're trying to play on a, a larger level, which is what my goal is, um, you got to have staff to be able to, you know, to to because it's not just, um, you know, if you have to be careful and, and I talk to a lot of newer agents about this is it's so easy to just focus on the service aspect of the business. Right. You're, everybody's got a problem with their billing. People are buying new cars. You know, the fact that people are at home now, they're opening their mail a whole lot more. So they're paying a lot more attention to the, the mail that comes out the bill. They're looking at their current financial situation and, where can I do? How can I massage my insurance? I know I need it, but how can I manipulate it so that it's more cost effective? Mm-hmm. Everybody's shopping. And so if you don't have staff, then the people whose job is to produce and to sell more for your business, they get bogged down with service work. Right. I worked in banking, so I understand. Yeah. yeah. People, and, people come right. in and want to change their PIN number on their debit card. Wait yeah. a minute. We've got credit card goals now. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And so, you know, from a, a, an agency owner perspective is, you know, when I'm in the office, I'm always listening to what my staff, what they're saying to the customers that come in, what they're saying on the phone. And I try to use some of the things that they say as coaching opportunities. Um, you know, just like uh, when I was talking about the client that was here that was switched over, my, my associate, she asked him, do you have life insurance? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I got it at work. And I said, a better question would be, when was the last time you reviewed it? Right. Because you just bought a car, like some of the triggers you talked about. You got married, you purchased a home, you retired, single. All of these triggers are reasons to have a conversation about your life insurance. Do we need to make some changes or is it look good the way it is right now? And so that just changing the language, when was the last time you reviewed it is a way better question and gives you opportunities that do you have it? And it's yes or no, don't give you. It gives you an opportunity to have a more in-depth conversation. Absolutely. 100%. We recognize those triggers, uh, more in-depth conversation. So Pastor Sean wanted me to ask this question. I know we told you we only had one more. That's okay. Uh, Is how is the market in California as compared to as when you were in the Midwest? Is it a more lucrative market? Explain the difference between the markets. Um, is is that like, have I made more money here than I made in Chicago? (laughs) You saying no, that's not what that means. What's the mindset? Is it easier to talk to people about insurance? Is, are they more uh open to having that discussion as opposed to as in the midwest how's the dynamic but um those two i think it's very similar okay. um it's, it's very similar because 
people are people and you know insurance is not the favorite conversation for everybody that you know people that you talk to so if i walk up to some people and you know i try to say hey you know i want to talk to you about your insurance i get shut down here and i got shut down in chicago right (laughs) (laughs) so um you know I, i think for me the biggest difference is the cultural diversity Okay. And, and, you know, predominantly when I was, you know, back home, it was predominantly in the black community that I worked. Um, and that was tough because you had, and maybe this is getting to the answer for to his question, you know, when there's a lack of education about, you know, especially, you know, financial instruments, which insurance is a financial in- instrument, mm-hmm. people run from things that they don't understand. Right. And so in our community, because our parents, didn't understand it and our grandparents didn't understand it. We know how to work and we have great work ethic, right. but how do we advance ourselves and take advantage of some of the diff- the tools that are available to leverage those years of hard work? That was a lot harder conversation in Chicago, in California, because there's a lot more diversity because, um, you know, the, the exposure to information is a lot greater now versus, you know, uh, 10 years ago when I was in Chicago, exactly. it, it's, it's the, I can have different types of conversations here now because of the climate. Um, and, 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 and it's, so I would say that the, the climate here is a lot better because it's, it's a lot more diverse. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm able to move a little bit differently here than I, than I was in Chicago. But a lot of that was just me, being in my own box because I, I try to just, you know, only work with people that look like me. Right. And, and a lot of times that's the worst thing you can do, unfortunately, because of the preconceptions about, you know, insurance professionals. Okay. And so you have to be, and I've had to take a different approach to having those conversations when I, you know, if I go to the cigar lounge or something, I don't walk in, you know, dealing out business cards. Right. You know, I may wear a farmer shirt or a hat or something that allows people to know who I am and what it is that I do professionally. But even in learning different sales techniques, you learn how to open up that conversation so that it doesn't sound as salesy or as you're trying to manipulate people like, you know, your Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day, you know, trying to try to get people to, you know, give you an opportunity. So you, it's so to answer the question, I would say it's a lot better here. OK, so you mentioned something. I know I said it's the last question, but this is an interesting conversation. I got time, man. OK, mm-hmm. fantastic. So you mentioned that the perception they have of insurance professionals in one community versus the other. Can you expound on that a little bit? Um, People, number one, again, like I said, people run from things that they don't understand. Right. And so if, you know, most people buy auto insurance because you can't drive the car off the lot without it. Right. Exactly. Most people buy, they buy homeowner's insurance because you can't close and get a mortgage without homeowner's insurance. Right. If you're in a rental situation, you can't rent an apartment without having renter's insurance. Right. Right. Whereas when we talk about life insurance, it's the most important product that we offer. But there's really no 
trigger or there's nothing that forces you to have to get it except for when I have or any other life insurance professional has a conversation about who do you love? Right. You know, and how does your actions or in action, how does it affect the people that you love? And so Mm -hmm. when I can get to a place and have those conversations about love and who they love and what's important to them and how, you know, what they want that, their life to look like if something were to happen, then I can start moving the ball in a direction that will at least get them to let me, you know, offer them a presentation. But, you know, like I'll use myself for an example and I use it all the time. Um, My parents, uh, my mother passed away two years ago and my mother did not have life insurance. Mm -hmm. And part of why she didn't have it was, by the time I got into the business, my mother had every health condition that you could have, right? And so she did not medically qualify, which to your point, getting it when you're young, when you're healthy is the best time to get it because you can you can medically qualify for it and it's more cost effective. It's more cost um, effective. Right. Yes. But my parents were savers and that's what allowed when my mother made her transition for us to be able to not have a financial catastrophe right. in terms of you know her final expenses and her home going service and that's why i ask people how do you save money today and what tools do you use to save money because if they don't have anything then i need to approach them from a space of let's let's put something in place that will allow you to start saving some money and then it becomes a, do you want to be conservative? Do you want to be moderate? Do you want to be aggressive? What kind of returns do you want? And then that leads me into a, per, a permanent life insurance conversation. Because people don't want life insurance. They want the benefits of what life insurance offers. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so as long as I approach it from a benefit, a needs and benefits standpoint, yep. you know, it's a completely different conversation. I had a when I first got into the business, uh, a good buddy of mine, they were my one of my first customers. And at the, at the time uh, he was married. And, and so we, you know, we put a, a term insurance product in place for them. And then, you know, fast forward 14 years, he gets a divorce. The judge mandates that, you know, he has to, you know, pay child support, pay alimony and all those sorts of things. And that he has to have a life insurance policy to cover his financial responsibility from his daughter being 14 years old till her graduating to college. Right. Bro, I wrote you a 30 year term that was five hundred thousand dollars 14 years ago. All you got to do is take this declaration page to the judge and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, we and when I was a trainer, we used to call that divorce insurance. Right. <laughs> you know, and so if we're talking about mortgages, that's mortgage insurance. If we're talking about, you know, um, you know, child support, it, you know, that it's child support insurance, because just because a, a relationship fails, that financial obligation is still in place. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. And so, you know, what can we do? How can I? have a conversation with you about doing putting something in place to make sure that you did your job and you did your you fulfilled your responsibilities. Fantastic. So if somebody's watching this and it's one thing you wanted to tell them, what would you say? 
uh, get some life insurance. Um, <laughs> and uh, you now the other question that people ask me, and I, I think Yolanda touched on it in terms of the differences between term insurance versus permanent. The one thing I would tell people is, you know, the life insurance policy that you have in place right now, or when somebody dies, that's the best one. Yeah. Because fortunately and unfortunately, I've delivered death benefit checks to people. It's a tough conversation. And not one time did that person's beneficiaries ask me, was it a term insurance policy or was it a permanent one? Exactly. They never asked that. They just want to know how much it was. Exactly. Right. And so the best policy is the one you have in force and the right. one that you can afford. Right. Exactly. And, and so that would be the, the main thing that I would tell people, especially around a life insurance conversation is some is better than none. Get what you can afford, you know, because what it does is that it gives people choices to grieve in a way that is that feels good to them. And that gives them a, they can grieve with some integrity mm -hmm. and without having life insurance and they doing GoFundMe accounts, they're selling chicken dinners and fish dinners and, you know, doing a lot of different things that, you know, can be even more challenging because they ask and say, man, why am I here right now? Right. And so, it's one less stressor during a difficult time. Absolutely. And so give yourself, give your family the choice to grieve in a way that feels good to them and allows them to, to just go through that process because everybody's going to grieve differently. And so some is better than none. And the most important one is the one you have in force when somebody makes their transition. Fantastic. So if people have questions after this uh, podcast is over, how can they reach you? Uh, email me my first initial D last name, Johnson, the number five at farmersagent.com. First one initial D last name, Johnson, at farmersagent.com. Do I have, can I put it in the chat or somebody you else? Can put it in the chat. We have uh, your website information on the banner at the bottom. If you go to my website, there's an opportunity to email me from the website. Yep. Absolutely. So www.farmersagent.com backslash D Johnson five. If you want yep. to get in contact with him. Thank you, sir, for joining us today. Hopefully hey. we can have you on again. You provided a lot of great information. It was amazing talking to you. It was great seeing you again. Absolutely. Next time I'm in Chicago, we got to connect and break bread, man. Definitely. 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 Yeah, I All look right. forward to it. Yes, sir. I look forward to it also. Thank you so much. We're going to move to our scriptures now that we're focused on for the month of September. Uh, I have it written down. We kind of focus on these few scriptures. Second Timothy. One and seven, for God has is, is not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and self-control. Hey, you can't control when you're going to pass away, but you can make sure that you can take care of your family when it's time to go away. Uh, Proverbs 4 and 7, wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all that getting, get an understanding. Hopefully on today, we've provided a greater understanding on the importance of life insurance no matter what age you are, but specifically getting it as young as possible so it's more cost effective. And then along the same line, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4 and 6. And then Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children 
and then Proverbs 22 and 7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Once again, financial uh, life insurance is a financial tool. It's a financial instrument that lessens the burden on your family when that difficult, challenging time comes. It's one less stressor on your family. Don't forget to subscribe to Embassy Live on YouTube. On, I'm sorry, on iTunes, Embassy Live on iTunes for more of our great content. Pastor Sean ups, uploads the podcast as he gets a chance. We have podcasts on there now. This is great information. Please go subscribe on iTunes to Embassy Live so you can get the podcast and listen to them at your convenience. Thank you for joining us on Financial Fridays. For Pastor Sean Davis, who did a great job once again. Thank you for watching us tonight. And don't forget the best.